You're listening to episode 14 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about productive procrastination, procrastinating, and why we're really doing it to begin with. Master Life and Weight Loss Coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode. So, Today, we will see what kind of background noise we get. Caleb's home with me. We don't have the nanny. Everybody wants to be doing yard work, mowing the lawn, (laughs) driving big semi-trucks through the neighborhood. So we'll see what all we get here. But I wanted to dive into uh, the topic of procrastination, which is quite perfect because I found myself procrastinating on this episode, thinking that, well, other people need to cooperate so that I can reduce the amount of background noise that might get filtered through here, or I need to wait for Caleb to go down for his nap, or I need to wait for these certain things. And while we certainly want to look at logistically what's going to make things the easiest, we also want to be mindful of where procrastination happens, why, and this is so that we can start to move through it and we can understand. So there's usually a couple of drivers of procrastination. Number one, and one of the most common that I see is perfectionism. We want it to be perfect. And so if it can't be perfect, then we're not going to do it. And so as a recovering perfectionist myself, I often find myself struggling with this aspect of I want it to sound right. I want it to look good. If I was doing a video, I needed to be made up. I needed my hair needed to be done. I need to be dressed a certain way. I need to have makeup. I needed to look a certain way. That's how I needed to show up. And so I would procrastinate and put things off if I couldn't have the right look because it needed to be perfect. It needed to be the certain way. So if we're ever struggling and we're procrastinating on finishing a project or starting a project, procrastination can certainly stem from perfectionism and this drive to be perfect. And so for this piece, we really want to start to identify what we're making perfect mean. What we're making it mean that there's noise in the background of the video. What we're making it mean that things aren't perfect or they don't look a certain way. And really getting to the point where we're okay with B-level work on most things in our life. And I think it's really important here too that we start to look at what needs A-level work in our life. Where do we want to be A-level? And where do we want, where are we okay being C-level? Where are we okay being average? Like the thought of me being okay with getting C's in school boggles my mind. If I were to go back 20 years, like the 15-year-old me is, no, we have to get straight A's. And even an A minus, it's what is this doing here? Like this does not belong. (laughs) This should not be here. So that perfectionist in me comes out in all different areas, and it certainly can plague us when it comes to weight loss as well. So things like I have to be perfect on my diet. I have to show up in a perfect way. I have to follow these rules perfectly. I can't eat this. I have to eat that. And the, the moment that we're not perfect, often that's what leads us to screw it. I'll try again tomorrow. Screw it. I'll try again next week. all right, I'm not going to lose weight this week. All right, I'll try again next time. And I've told you the story before of how it would be Wednesday. And I was told that if I didn't follow my eating plan, went off plan twice in a week, then I wasn't going to lose weight. So then it's, well, why keep punishing myself? Why keep restricting and depriving? Why am I even going to try if it's not possible? And to be quite honest, that was just bullshit. Like, I didn't realize it at the time. I thought it was true because a health coach told me that. And I think she, honestly, I believe she had the best of intentions, but it was just crap. 
It was. There were a lot of things that I believed that were not true. But because somebody in a place of authority or what I thought was this authority figure said it, I took it as the gospel. (laughs) Or because I read it in a magazine or because I saw research or articles or studies and the science that low carb was better, I took that as, well, I should be eating low carb. It should look like this. It should turn out this way. And so I find it really easy to procrastinate on tasks when we want it to be perfect. And this is in the starting phase as well as in the finishing phase. There's a great book by John Acuff called Finish where he talks about perfectionism and this drive and this need for things to be perfect. And often that's what can lead us to procrastinating on the finishing aspects. And I find this coming up for myself too, of it when in my book, in my webinars, in um, launching a course, in finalizing a sales page, I find this all the time happening. I'll get 85, 90% of the way done. And then it's like that last 10%. And even now with my book, I'm so excited it's coming out. And I thought it was going to come out September 1. And here we are, August 30th. And I still haven't bought the USBN numbers. I still am like slowing the process down. And I see that. And I, I just have to recognize that this, like number one, the product is good enough. It's okay. Which then will lead into part two of why we might procrastinate. And that is always going to be our brains are trying to keep us safe. There's a fear or worry that is coming up And it's often going to be subconscious, but there is some way that our habit brain is trying to keep us safe. And that's why we are procrastinating on something. So it could look like starting on a big project at work. It could be that you are there. There's something going on in your home life. It could be maybe you're procrastinating scheduling marriage counseling or finding a babysitter or any number of things that we ultimately there is there's fear driving this and especially when you're in your own business, I've found this can be particularly true when there's this outside force, like in a job, a lot of times we have this accountability and maybe pressure externally as well as internally to make sure that things get done in a certain time. But when we're in our own businesses and running the show, then it's there's there's more wiggle room. It's, oh, well, I set this deadline, but I set it so I can change it. And and so I, I feel like we can fall into this trap because of fear or worry as well. And this also plays out with food, with body image, with the, the diets, with the exercise. And a lot of times it's, again, it goes back to our brains are trying to seek pleasure and avoid pain, whether that pain is real or perceived, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, like our brains are just trying to keep us safe. And it wants to do it via the path of least resistance. And so a lot of times, so how I see procrastination is it's a form of self-sabotage. It's not all self-sabotage, right? It's if you were to have science, science is is at the same level of self-sabotage. And then if you looked at biology, biology is a type of science, just like procrastination is a type and it's a form of self-sabotage. Ultimately, though, I believe that self-sabotage is really self-protection. So when we can start to change from judgment, shame, like why haven't you done this sooner? You know what to do. Get your act together. Come on, suck it up and do it. When we can shift out of that beating that kind of like self-hatred, self-loathing, beating ourselves up mode. And we can really get into 
the compassion curiosity mode, that's where we're going to start to find the real true answers because we can just try and suck it up and do it all day long. But ultimately, if there is something fundamentally at the root that's holding us back, if we are afraid and scared of being visible, of being seen, of losing weight and what that's going to mean, we've got to start to address that. Otherwise, we can set up all of the triggers in the world for ourselves, right? We could set up everything. We could have meals delivered. We could have the food stocked. We could have go to bed in our gym clothes so that we wake up and want to work out. We could have water bottles everywhere. And yet we still won't do the things if there is something at the root of it that has us afraid, that has us worried, that has us scared. And so I want to take you through the first part of my process for really busting through procrastination. And really starting to identify, like, number one, where it comes up so that we can start to solve for it in all areas of our life. And the big thing, the big area that I see this is, and there's a couple thoughts here. Number one, we often will procrastinate productively. So I'm going to talk about productive procrastination. And then two, we like to procrastinate snack. And I don't know who here is with me, but I used to be the queen of procrastinating snacking. It's something that to this day I'm still working on and I'm still being mindful of. After lunch, before dinner in particular, that procrastinating snacking, that was my jam. And a lot of times I think in the past it was easy to make a sucky project or a sucky task better with food. So, oh, what will make this more enjoyable? Some chocolate, right? Like naturally, duh, of course. Of course chocolate is going to make this better. Like my brain just made this this connection. Or if it's, I want to prolong my break a little bit longer. So let me just have a snack because I don't feel good just taking a break. I have too much on my to-do list. I can't just sit and relax or have a break. So I need to be doing something. So I'm going to snack. I'm going to procrastinate snack and procrastinate on going back to work, on starting this next task. So we just want to be mindful of this. And then as we get clear on the procrastinate snacking, what I noticed is, ooh, I'm not necessarily procrastinate snacking. Now I'm procrastinate cleaning. So now, <laughs> now I'm like, oh yeah. So oh, I'll give you an example here. I was gonna bring Caleb in and he was gonna play on the floor in my office, but I've got this rug in here that had dog hair on it. So I needed to vacuum the rugs so that he had a safe, clean place to play. And then the vacuum was out. So I have to vacuum the house as well this week. I might as well vacuum the first floor. It's out. I'm here. Let's just keep going. Right. And then it's, oh, well, I guess I could do the stairs. The stairs haven't been done in a few weeks, Mm, maybe like a couple months, like probably need to do that. And then you get up to the top of the stairs and well, hello, I'm already here. I might as well just keep going. Right. And then I spent 20 minutes vacuuming. And it's not that the vacuuming was a problem because and it to me logically, oh, well, I need to vacuum anyways. I need to get this done. The problem was that I had already scheduled that time to be working in my business, to be writing out like either show notes, to be recording an episode. I don't remember exactly what I was supposed to do, but I had that planned and designated as business time. And now I was procrastinating on that. That's what we want to start to ID or identify and solve for. And then from the snacking part, right, like naturally, if we're procrastinating snacking, we're going to be eating when we're not truly hungry. We're eating as a way to either prolong a break, to take a break, to avoid going, to avoid taking on this task, to avoid finishing a project. It's just a way for us to avoid negative emotions. It's ultimately what we're trying to do here. And so when we stop procrastinating snacking, oh, right. Oh, hey, now I'm, I cut back on the amount of times that I'm eating when I'm naturally hungry. Boom. 
that's going to lead to weight loss. That is where it's at. We've got to start to be really aware of all those reasons, all those times we're reaching for food and we're not truly hungry and procrastinating snacking is one of the big ones. But we also want to look at where is procrastination coming when it comes to grocery shopping, meal prep, whether it's cooking meals or prepping for to make dinners easier or whatever that might look like. Um, Procrastinating on going to bed, on drinking water, on moving your body. There are lots of ways that we do this and that it plays out. And then procrastination, again, just as like a holistic life thing is something that I think we can be very smart at and our brains are very good at. We have very good excuses as to why doing this over here is going to be better. So the first thing that I want you to identify is where are you procrastinating? So we want to look at like, how do we move this? How do we, because when we're procrastinating, a lot of times I feel stuck. Usually when I'm procrastinating, there's, well, we'll get to that in a sec. (laughs) So let's just start with, where do you find yourself procrastinating? What's the project? What's the task? What is it specifically? And we want to look at what is the bigger piece? So if you're procrastinating on a certain task, what's the bigger thing? So if I'm procrastinating on like buying the USBNs and completing my, the registration for like my book and my, like registering within Amazon, if I'm procrastinating on this task, I also want to look at the task and then what's the larger, bigger project. And the the project is the book, the book journal as a whole. So we want to get clear on, okay, what is the task? And then I want to look at All right, now what am I doing instead? Very specifically. Step two is what am I doing? So if I'm cleaning, what am I cleaning? What are all of the excuses and justifications now that are suggesting that cleaning is better than working on this book? If I am eating, what am I eating? If I am like organizing my Dropbox folder or organizing my office or unloading the dishwasher, am I, am I going to run errands? Am I paying bills? Am I going to appointments? Am I watching Netflix? What am I watching? What am I doing specifically? This is where we want to get really clear on, okay, if I'm going to an appointment, what appointment am I going to? Is this right? Because like I, I know when I have appointments, like all my appointments are scheduled. Sometimes I procrastinate with exercise, which is also fun, <laughs> right? I've got to exercise. I've got to move my, right? Like I want to move my body today. I want to get in a walk. I guess I'll do that right now. The dogs, they dogs need a walk. They haven't gotten much exercise. They haven't gotten much love. I should probably go walk them, right? I, we have a very logical reason as to why we're doing this with the cleaning piece, with the vacuuming. Well, I'm the vacuum is already out. I might as well vacuum like outside of my office. If I'm going to do my office, I might as well do the whole thing. Especially if like when my husband gets a little upset that like I'll do something for me or something for my business, but I won't do it for the whole house. And he sees it as like me prioritizing me over the whole family. So when there's that like train of thought running in the background where there's almost like guilt or there's the potential for guilt or there's a potential for negative emotion. If I don't vacuum the whole downstairs and I just do my office, there might be negative emotions, negative, like these consequences later. And it could be that it's not that negative of an emotion. It's just, I don't want to have to bother with that. I don't want to have to deal with that. Like I want to avoid that conversation altogether. So it's just going to be easier for me to, to just vacuum right? This is how we start to identify and get clear on not just the what we're doing, but why we're doing it. And so when we can go through and identify the what of what are we procrastinating, 
And then what we're doing instead, we can then start to identify and look at, oh, okay, so what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What am I avoiding? What am I wanting to avoid with this? So you might find that there's a certain time of day that you tend to procrastinate or that you procrastinate a snack, right? And we want to get clear on the snacking piece too. Are you at the office? Are you rummaging through a vending machine? Are you going through the drive-thru? Are you at home rummaging through the pantry? Are you reaching for something sweet or something salty? Do you have go-to foods? Let's get really clear and really specific because when we get clear and specific on what we tend to do, then the next time, like our brains are, we're just wiring it to become more aware of it in the future. That way, the next time I catch myself doing it, it's, oh, oh, this is what I'm doing. Oh, hey, maybe I'm putting this off. Oh, hey, what's happening here? And then I can go to work on solving for it and figuring out why this is coming up and why this is happening. And I can get to work on that root issue, right? Because again, we can set ourselves up. We can solve for the symptom of procrastination. But ultimately, what we want to do is solve the root of it. Right. It's if you had a headache, it's like taking an Advil because you have a headache rather than identifying why do you have a headache to begin with and looking at, oh, are you dehydrated? Maybe you need more water. Otherwise, you're going to keep having this headache and we can keep solving for the symptoms, but that's not going to actually fix the headache if you need to be drinking more water, if that's actually the root issue. Right. So that's what that's kind of the the frame and the lens that we're looking at this procrastination from. We want to be really aware of the productive procrastination and how our brains are going to tell us this is easier. This is better. It's a good thing. You're going to have to do it anyways. It could be that maybe there are some steps that you just didn't account for. Maybe it's not necessarily procrastination. Maybe you just realized, oh, I thought this was going to be a two step project. And actually, there's 12 oh, I actually just need to do these other things first. Sometimes it's, for me, it's a matter of like, how can I be the most efficient, right? So I might put off going to like return items to a certain store because I'm waiting for when I'm going to be in that area. It still might be procrastinating, but I'm just looking at, okay, well, when does this make sense? And at some point, I've just got to go do it. But we want to have that compassion and understanding with ourselves. And this is how we start the process is by really starting to uncover what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What what am I trying to avoid? Right? Am I trying to avoid a conversation? Am I trying to avoid certain negative emotions? What's really going on here? And so after this, after we start to to get clear on what we're doing, we want to dig into that why piece. What am I feeling right now in this moment? And really ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Like I can ask myself with the, the USBN, you know, the registration on Amazon, like with the, the, the book task, I could look at what am I afraid of here? I'm afraid it's going to take a long time. I'm afraid I'm not going to have all the, the information. I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong things. Okay, now what am I afraid of with the book as a whole? What am I afraid of here? Oh, it's scary. It's going to be vulnerable. I'm going to have to put myself out there in a new way. Like I'm getting more visible. There's like an, an element of, of fear there. Are they going to what I have to say? Are people going to tell me this is a bunch of crap? <laughs> Am I just going to get negative feedback? Was this all for nothing? What if nobody buys it? What if people tell me it sucks? Right? This is where I just want to get everything out on paper or on the computer. It doesn't necessarily have to be handwritten. But I find that when we can journal and we can just get all of this out of our heads, it's it provides a release 
of that energy so that we're not overeating on it or emotionally eating over it later in the day. We want to start to highlight and recognize what are all these subconscious thoughts that are driving this action. And because fear plays such a big role in procrastination, this is often one of the places where I recommend people start with is what am I afraid of? What's the fear? What am I worried about? And we, again, let's look at the task and let's look at if there's a bigger kind of overarching project or theme or umbrella, right? If you're procrastinating on scheduling marriage counseling, for example, it may not be that you're afraid. Maybe you are like hesitant and not wanting to have these hard conversations. Maybe there's you're afraid it's going to dig stuff up. But ultimately, it's not always that we're afraid of that task. Sometimes it's that we're afraid of the bigger meaning. Well, what if this leads to divorce? What if this means my marriage is flawed? What if this, what if I don't create the end result? What if my spouse doesn't change like I think he should or I want him to? And so we can put off certain tasks because ultimately we're afraid of that bigger overarching fear. And that's what we want to start to look at because it's those emotions that lead to emotional eating. Even though we try to stuff it down, even though we try to avoid it, even though we try not to look at it, even though we try to distract ourselves, it will find you. And it often will lead to overeating and emotional eating. Whether it's during the day or at night, I find a lot of times this happens more at night once things have settled down and we don't have the job, we don't have work, kids are done with soccer, they're in bed, we don't have these other things, there's nothing left to distract us. And now we want to relax, we want to unwind, we want some relief. We want relief from our thoughts most of the time. We think we want relief from the day, from the stressors, from all the hustle and bustle. Ultimately, what we want relief from, though, is these thoughts and emotions whether they were real or perceived or felt or unfelt. A lot of times they're unfelt. They're unfelt emotions. And that's what we want relief from. And, and food is just a really powerful, effective way of creating that sense of relief, of creating that quick little dopamine hit. So this is the first half of the process that I walk clients through. If you are curious and you want to get the second half, then come work with me. This is what I do with clients is we start to break down and identify what's going on, what's really standing in the way, and how do they work through this. So it's not just how am I procrastinating on the basics of weight loss? How am I procrastinating on food or movement or water or sleep? Or it, It's not just that. It's how am I procrastinating in these other areas of life so that we can start to see the fear. We can start to see those emotions that we keep trying to avoid and squash and push down and pretend like they don't exist because that is what you are overeating about. And it's really easy just to go through life being like, yeah, things are fun. They're not too bad. Like it's okay without recognizing all of the undercurrent of shame, guilt, resentment, bitterness, frustration, anger, and all of the thoughts that go along with that. So that is what I do with clients. This is how we solve for emotional eating. And when we do this, this is how we learn how to eat the foods we love and lose weight because we are not eating now to subdue emotions. We're not eating to avoid negative emotions. We're not eating because we are procrastinating. We are solving for the real problem. I, I, right? I can give you better snacks. I can tell you better things to eat. I can help you to not eat in the moment. But ultimately, what we need to be solving for are these other areas of life because you do not eat in a vacuum, right? This is the real world. And we need to learn how do we lose weight? How do we maintain our weight once we've lost it? 
How do we continue and keep going? How do we talk to ourselves differently? So much of this comes down to our self-talk. Are you good at giving yourself praise? Are you good at telling yourself, hell yeah, high five, boom. I walked the dogs today like a boss. I'm a rock star. No, you're probably thinking, well, now I've got to go do this and then I need to go make food and then I need to do that and then I've got this and this project is due soon and then this task and right and we have this never ending to do list and nothing is ever good enough. Look, been there, find myself there. It's not uncommon. It's very normal. We just want to look at how do we start to talk differently to ourselves? How do we start to praise ourselves? How do we look at all the things that we're doing and really give ourselves that internal validation instead of seeking it from other people? This is a hard one, y'all. This is something that I was even, I recognized and had to remind myself of. I do not get to sit around and expect my husband to praise me for all the things that I do around the house if I'm not giving myself that praise too. I get to go first. If he's not validating me, why am I not validating myself? This is my job. That is my responsibility. I have to take ownership of that. And I can still want that external validation. I can still talk to him about, hey, it would be nice if you said these things or if when you noticed this, you thanked me or like I can ask for what I want. But I also have to look at how do I show up as my biggest cheerleader? How do I show up as my best friend? How do I really change the conversation that's going on in my own head? I'd start really changing how I talk to myself, how I think about myself, how I think about my body, how I think about my choices, how I think about my life. This is the real work. So if you would like some help in really understanding and identifying your procrastinating habits and how to truly work through them and eliminate them, then I would love to chat. So if you are interested in coaching with me and learning processes like this, then head over to bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. Find a time that works for you on my calendar. If you don't find a time, shoot me a message. You can find that. You can contact me via my website at bodyyoucrave.com. You can um, message me on Facebook or Instagram. Get in touch with me. If you are not on my email list, you can reply to any email that I send. You can message me if you have any issues with finding a time because I guarantee we can make something work. But this is the root of it. This is how we go to work on solving for the real problems, solving for the right problems, the right issues. It's the procrastination. It's the procrastinating. It's how we think that we're being productive. But ultimately, it's the fear. It's the worry. It's the negative self-talk. Like that's underneath it all what we get to work on. And when we do that with one area of life, you're going to see it in other areas. It has this ripple effect too, where it's just going to like blossom and ripple throughout everything in your life so that you can start showing up as the best version of yourself so that you can be taking care of yourself and really, again, being your biggest cheerleader first and foremost not just so that you can cheer other people on, not just so that you can care and take care of others, because sure, you can absolutely do that, but do this for yourself because you're worth it. So again, if you'd like to chat, bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. And let's do this, right? So 
This is the type of work that I do with clients. We work on things like self-sabotage, which again is like self-protection. We work on procrastination. We work through a lot of the emotional uh, drama that we might find ourselves in, all of the mind drama around food and weight loss and body image and the other areas of life, marriage, kids, careers, businesses, all of those things. So this is your one life. Are you living it to the best of your ability? Is this how you want to be showing up? Is this how you want to be living life? And if you want to do life better, then let's chat. I got your back, baby. All right, here's to you and creating the body and life you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.